Good morning, friends. It is Gary Morris, March 25th, 2021, for this episode of the Level Up Podcast Program. Uh, to all of you in our business, to the MCCMA DLC group of companies, the Velocity, to the Canadian mortgage uh, industry, and to all of our friends that we've invited just to participate, uh, I want to give you a huge, huge welcome. We're so happy to have you back. Uh, this week, I'm super excited. A lot of you know, right on the heels of last week, uh, or two weeks ago, rather, when we had Tom Kaiser, the CEO of Hootsuite, we talked about platforms and trends and markets and number sizes and that sort of stuff. And today we're going to get down to the details around social media. And my, my guest today, and I'm, I'm super fired up because, you know, I'm still a neophyte myself. We're learning and I'm just, I'm so excited about speaking to Brittany on a whole bunch of topics. Let me tell you a little bit about Brittany Hennessy. So Brittany Hennessy is not only a social media influencer, a branding expert, a keynote speaker, and of course, a best-selling author. Uh, her, her recent book is, uh, to the recent, 2018, uh, is called Influencer, Building Your Personal Brand in the Ages of Social Media. Brittany has also in the past been director, uh, the senior director of uh, a digital media company and Hearst Digital Media Communications, where she has actually casted celebrity influencers you know, uh, for the likes of Seventeen, Cosmo, L, uh, Esquire, Harper's Bazaar, and many other lifestyle brands. Um, most recently as well, she's co-founder of the Carbon app. This is a really cool app that watches, uh, that sort of matches destination companies with uh, hotels uh, along with global influencers. And she has a training platform that we're going to touch on today. Uh, training platform is BrittanyHennessy.com. So, Without further ado, I'd like to give you a warm welcome, Brittany. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It was very cool to like watch the montage of all my work. I was like, oh, look at me. Well, it's amazing. And, and, and Britt, I got to tell you, I've become a fan just in the last uh, sort of 10 days, of course, listening to your audio uh, book and uh, reading through the paper book and just kind of preparing for this uh, this call or this call. And you know, super excited because it's such a, a meaningful part of our business and our lives today. And a lot of us don't understand a lot of it. A lot of us probably make some real mistakes. Uh, so I really want to sort of uh, touch on some of those. Before we get started here today, just out to any of our viewers, guys, uh, as always, if you have a comment, please put a comment on screen. If you have questions, we're going to send out one of Brittany's books for every comment and every question that uh, comes in today. If there's a question around social media and there's a question about how to get it done, are, are the, you know, avoiding the pitfalls and the mistakes that so many of us make. Let's ask Brittany these questions today because, you know, this is a very special opportunity to have her on. So, Britt, let's start with the last year. The world has changed. The COVID, yeah. you know, uh, more people have at home. Has this made any difference in, in the social media world? Are people more engaged now, less engaged? Have we learned any lessons? You know, I think... The last year has been, as everybody knows, has been absolutely crazy. I think, you know, for anyone who works in social media, especially influencer marketing, this has been a very, very busy time for us. You know, from an influencer standpoint, it was a way for influencers to figure out other ways to make money, you know, like not just brand partnerships. But for your everyday average person, you know, when you look and it's quite possible that you might not have a job tomorrow or in a week, people really started to think about who am I outside of my job? What are my social media platforms outside of my job? And I think a lot of people realized that they actually didn't have a personal brand of their own. Their entire identity was wrapped up in their current occupation, which could be pulled away at any moment. So I think in the last year, 
I've spent a lot of time and I know people in the industry have spent a lot of time really helping people figure out, you know, personal branding and then helping influencers figure out, you know, how else can you continue to make money? How else can you sustain this life you've built when maybe you're a travel influencer who can't travel or maybe you're an influencer in an industry who their budget has completely dried up and now there are no more brand partnerships. So I think the last year has really been figuring out how can you take what you've built, um, you know, in this at this point in your career and expand it. And also, how can you future proof yourself, I think, was a big one, because, you know, if it can go wrong in 2020, that means it can go wrong any other year. And, you know, it might not be to the same extent, but how can you make sure that your personal brand or your and your business can not just survive, but thrive no matter what gets thrown at it? So that's really what we've been focusing on. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting. So let's maybe, we'll start at the very basics uh, for us and we'll kind of peel it back. So today, just to kind of frame it, uh, we have you know thousands of mortgage professionals that are part of our collective group in Canada. This is a, a live broadcast. So we have all kinds of just business owners, friends of friends and people who run real estate businesses, you know, small businesses, but people who have been in the community for 10, 15 years, they maybe have a street front location. They're the best in, in Canadian finance arranging mortgages for, for consumers. So the first question that I'd like to ask you, if I'm a business today and things have been okay, and I've been running my business for a while and it's going good and I'm you know, uh, I, I feel like I'm successful. How important is social media integration, communicating via social media today in terms of my business? Can I just go, no, no, everything's okay. <laughs> and I'm going to keep running it. My head's down. Or is it vital for survival? You know, it's interesting because I think it really depends on who your target demographic is. I think if you are catering to an older market that maybe is perfectly fine with the way things are and maybe have a Facebook and that's all we're gonna do. Do you have to have an Instagram? Not necessarily. I think people need to be where their audience is. And if your audience is still watching television, which includes you know broadcast television that has ads, if they're still listening to the radio, if they still read like print magazines and you know print newspapers, it's totally fine for that to be your main strategy. I think there is this misconception in the digital world that it's like, go social or die. And I don't right. think that's true. I think you need to be where your audience is. If your audience isn't there, should you be spending tons of time, effort and money there? No. But for anyone who has noticed that their audience is very social, maybe is part of the ad blocker generation, or you're just trying to look forward to who may become your customer in the future, you've got you definitely have to get on social and you need to meet people where they are. I think retail is a fantastic example, you know, especially luxury retail, they spend a lot of time, you know, focusing on beautiful print spreads and you know this really high end marketing and their top thing was like we just need a feature article in like the top newspaper or magazine. And then when this newer generation, you know, millennials and Gen Z when they came online and had money to spend there was no way to reach us because you hadn't built anything on Facebook. You hadn't mm -hmm. built anything on Instagram. You weren't on TikTok, which anyone under the age of 25, like even Instagram is for old people at this point, you know, <laughs> they're on TikTok. And so you really have to figure out where is my audience currently? And if you're right. the type of owner who plans five or 10 years in advance, 
Well, in five or 10 years, are you already making that relationship that you're going to need to cash in on? in the future? Right. So let me narrow it down a little bit for you so we can speak sort of specifically. So <laughs> the largest segment of people working with Canadian consumers, working with mortgage broker professionals to keep it into sort of our lane uh, is first time home buyers. So right. it is that they're very young, the sort of 19 to 28 to 30. So the first time home buyer market is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not on social media, if you're not using it to spread your word, I mean, what I'm finding with, with that generation is, you know, only the facts, man, head down. I mean, the way they, they actually uh, conduct commerce front to back is completely different. And if you aren't reaching them via online, I think you're missing a huge opportunity because somebody else is. Absolutely. If you're going to do like the specifics, so first time home buyers, that's that's my group. These are these are my people. I mean, there is, you know, the point you should look at that first time home buyers, you know, a lot of a lot of what you should do in your social media content, you know, is is education. I think people tend to run straight to the sell, sell, sell. But if you look at any major brand, especially a brand that's reaching millennials and Gen Z, Every brand is a media company. And Casper is a great example that I always use, which Casper sells mattresses. They sell mattresses to mostly millennials because we don't need to go to the mattress store and test it and bounce on it. The yeah. mattress comes in a box. We open it up. It opens. That's it. You know, we've probably heard about Casper through social media, some friend program. So they're already targeting us. But how can you stay top of mind? You know, you only buy a mattress every once in a while, just like you might buy a home and maybe you your family grows and then you buy another home in three years, five years, seven years. But if you want to stay with your customer, even before they're ready to buy a home, because, you know, us poor millennials between multiple recessions and student loan debt, we're all looking at home ownership like that would be nice. Um, yeah. you know, especially in the major markets, but even before we're ready to buy a home, you want to already be part of what we're thinking about when it comes time. You want us to know of your brokerage firm so that when we do need to get pre-approved, right. we're we're not like, okay, let me sit down and start from scratch with Google because then you're just fighting SEO, you're just fighting you know, Google ads, it needs to be a sort of thing like, oh, this particular mortgage firm, you know, I haven't, I don't need a mortgage yet, but I follow their Instagram and I'm subscribed to their newsletter because they have really great tips on how to save for a down payment. They have really great tips on, you know, what programs are available where I live for first time homeowners. They have special, they have information on, well, I'm a teacher, what are my options? Or, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I think that's a huge one. You know, my husband and I are both entrepreneurs, so we're team, you know, W9, and we're like, wait, we don't have W2s. Like, we haven't had W2s in years. So just figuring out how to make sure all our paperwork is in order so that people can see our income is reliable. These are all things we need to learn. And if your company is the one teaching us these things through cool videos on TikTok or your Instagram or you're doing Instagram lives with, you know, people who you partner with, and we're learning from you, then when it's time to make that step, we already trust you because you're the teacher. And now we're just gonna go make that purchase as opposed to you, you know, you starting to stalk us because we filled out a Zillow, you know, right. form, yeah. and now you're one of the 35 companies that are emailing us. Well, now you're competing, but you do definitely have an opportunity to be not even top of mind, but the only person we're thinking about 
if we are following you and you are educating us right. along so the way. So I want to just uh, jump in there and I'm going to use a, a term from Matthew McConaughey's recent book, a green light. That was a green light there, what she said, right? Use the social medium, right? Uh, to, to help your audience or people who are in your maybe sphere of influence, learn about what you do, help them in advance. It's just an ongoing education. So you become the, the expert, I think is what you're saying, Brittany. So when they, when they are thinking about it, when timing is right, you are not only top of mind, but you're a trusted source because you've educated them all the way along on you know on different things like rates and products and term and qualification uh awesome really appreciate that so uh so Brittany, if you have a you know a typical small business owner been in business you know 10 15 years live in a small community you know sort of think they're sort of on social media maybe they have a facebook account but they know a lot of their customers you know uh, are on social media especially that first time home buyer younger demographic that are using it and it's a vital part of the business uh where do you where do you start if you just said listen i'm going to coach you right now if you're on this call today and you haven't been using it effectively or if you haven't updated you know, a post in weeks or months, how should somebody start? What are the very basic steps? Sure, so the very basic steps, I think, of figuring out who is your target demographic. And I think when people hear that, you know, especially in this particular industry, they'd go, well, first time home homeowners, obviously. And it's like, well, that's a very general group, but on social media, so much of it is tone of voice. I think that's 95% of the game. And so, you know, when you have your account, is your account very serious and numbers driven with infographs, or is your account a little funnier? Does it have some humor to it? And I think, you know, with the type of content that social media, you know, people in my demographic are used to consuming, the content has to be interesting, it has to be fun, it has to be shareable. And you know, you can look at across like different social media accounts for like even fast food chains. Like people love Wendy's and Burger King, not because we're eating Wendy's and Burger King. I think yeah. we might be like the, the generation to eat Wendy's and Burger King the least because we're we've been brought up on the Whole Foods, you know, the Whole Foods plan. But I think those those things, not only do they talk about the food, but it's very funny. They pull in a lot of current internet memes, information. You know, if there's a great TikTok video out there, it ends up on their feed. And so the tone of voice is not, you know, hi, I'm your mortgage broker and I've been doing this for forever and I know so much more than you do and you just right. need to do what I say, which we're not going to respond to at all. It's more of a, hey, I hear you, I see you, I'm on your level and I'm here to help. So, you know, I think one of the things you really want to look at is if you're going to have a brand that's funny, there's even there's room to even poke fun at the ridiculousness of the situation, which is, you know, the amount of money you need to buy a home now versus, you know, 30 years ago. Like they tell me like one person used to be able to buy a home and I'm like, in what in what year? You know, <laughs> so I think, you know, just figuring out your tone, if it's going to be like funny or if you're going to share other social media content and memes, you really have to figure out like, how do you want to speak? And you wanna do it in a way that's natural because nothing is worse than an unhip person trying to be cool. Right. So if you can't do it, either hire a younger person who speaks social media fluently to do it, or just stay in your, your comfort zone. But I think, you know, you really want to figure out, okay, here's, here's I'm going to educate and here are the things I'm going to talk about. But more importantly, here's how I'm going to talk about it. 
because mm -hmm. that's how your message ends up moving. You know, if you post something that's very static, the people who are following it will see it. They may engage with it. But if you post something that applies to a lot of people, invokes some sort of emotion, whether we want to laugh or we want to cry because yeah. it's ridiculous, we will then share that. We'll send it to a friend. We'll drop it in a Facebook group. We'll send it in a group chat. And now all these people that you didn't originally have on your radar can now see your content. And that's how you expand a client base. That's how, you know, a bunch of people are like, hey, is anybody, aren't you looking for, you know, um, a mortgage broker? Like this account is actually really cool and very funny. Mm -hmm. You should follow them and maybe you can work with them. And so I think it's, it's more of a, we don't respond well to textbook like accounts because that's just not the way the internet works. Right. So really figuring out how to speak the language right. is cool. where people should spend most of their time. So the key Brit is, you know, put, put the social into social media and yeah. you talk about in your book, authenticity and, and, and being yourself and how important it is and whatever is yourself. I think your comment is, you know, make sure that maybe me or something, I'm, I got it written in one of my notes here, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So I love what you said there though, because you said, number one, target your demographic. So who you think that you want to speak to, you have to absolutely target and identify that first. And then number two, establish your tone and your voice, right? Which is that authenticity that, that we talk about. Yeah. You know, I think people tend to skip that. People will say, you know, I've got to, I've got to make my numbers go up and I have to, and then they're just throwing up content. And it sounds like one person said this on one day, somebody else was speaking on another day and there's no consistency there. And I think, you know, authenticity is great, but consistency is even more important because that's what your audience is going to respond to. I don't want to follow an account that's very funny. And I found this great post. And now next week, like the tone is different. I don't even know who's creating this content. So you really want to make your, you want to make like your avatar, you know, this is right. the person that your audience would come to for information create that avatar, name it, give it a profession, give it an age, give it hobbies, and then speak to your audience that way. You know, if you're doing first time home ownerships, but it's in, you know, a more uh, like a high performing, maybe high spending luxury market, the odds that your target consumer has a Peloton pretty high because we all have a Peloton at this point in a certain demographic. So, you know, even if you do some content and you talk about, the process of applying for a mortgage is very similar to doing like a hit in hills, like a hit ride. People will know what that means and they'll laugh and be like, oh my God, it's entirely like that, you know? So like you wanna figure out your target demo. What are they watching? What are they reading? What activities do they enjoy? And then can you tie that to your messaging? Because there's but so many times you can talk about credit score, down payment, closing costs, like we get it. We know all the big right. scary That's terms. all boring stuff, really. <laughs> yeah, and all the stuff we don't really want to talk about. So how can you tie that into things we do enjoy, like brunch, like Peloton, like hanging yeah. out with our friends, like group chats? How can you how can you translate that and really speak to us in a language that not only makes sense, but is more fun to consume? Yeah, I, I absolutely makes makes so much sense. I love the the, the point around consistency. Right. I think that's the biggest fail that we have in many areas of our life. Right. We start something, we do it for a short period of time and then we fall off and all the good work we've done just becomes uh, a devalued. Um, it's interesting because you talk about and this is really interesting right now. And I've talked about this a lot. You talk about the power and influence of the female demographic on social media. I talk about it as girl power. 
how it's so, I mean, the ability to do so much more than, than, than so many of us, especially the male uh, demographic, and they have a tremendous um, uh, sort of, not advantage, right? They just do a better job and are much more influential on social media. Tell us the differences and how we can learn from, uh, from that. Sure. You know, I think in general, like women just tend to share information more than than men do. I mean, of course, there are plenty of women who don't love doing that and plenty of men who do. But I think, you know, when women learn of a great product, they don't keep it to themselves. They have to they have to text everyone, call on everyone now on social, put it on social. So it just made sense that influencers emerged from this group that really enjoy sharing. And, you know, with the rise of Instagram, it makes sense that that's a very visual medium. So all the pretty influencers rose to the top. And pretty is not, you know, your standard definition of beauty. It's do you know your angles and do you have good lighting? Because everybody is beautiful with proper <laughs> lighting and standing in, you know, showing people your good side. So just making sure that things are, you know, aesthetically pleasing. And I think, you know, then it becomes this place where, you can go and get constant reviews from your favorite influencer. So I think, you know, there is that sort of that I trust this influencer because she's tried all these products. So if she's telling me this is the best one, this is the best one. There is that this influencer shares, you know, so much about this particular topic, but I also know a lot about her personal life. And of course it's what you choose to share, but even like if you're doing, you know, if you're talking about a certain you know, you, this is your mortgage company, but like, what areas do you service? What's life like in those areas? Like giving me like a, okay, I get you're the expert in this, but like, what else is important to you? And you learn that a lot about influencers. And then I think just the the ability to, to talk a lot, <laughs> you know, yeah. influencers, they blog, they YouTube, they post Instagram posts, they do stories, they do reels, they go on TikTok. Now we're all on Clubhouse and you can literally be on Clubhouse from sunup to sundown because there's always some room happening. It's just the ability to like keep learning so you can keep speaking because I think a lot of us learn that even when we think we've talked too much, there always there's always more things that people wanna know and they wanna continue to be educated. And if your content is good and you have a great personality, people just wanna talk to you because they like you. And I think that is the difference. And I think, you know, especially with some brands that can be a little more impersonal, um, putting a face to your brand yeah. is key. You know, we might decide we don't like you. We don't like anything about this company yeah. because we don't like the spokesperson, which is okay because that means they're probably not the best customer for you and there's a, a company for them. But okay. we might like your face you know, uh, my realtor, I read his bio on realtor.com and he like is a, a co-founder. He had a startup. He's in media. And I yeah. loved him right yeah. away. I was like, this is my people, you know, yeah, so, absolutely. you know, just reading that, you know, and making them making you yourself a real telling, person helps telling the story. And so let me ask you to take the other side. You talk about Instagram being, you know, all the all the pretty people sort of migrated <laughs> over there. So I hear it all the time. I hear people who say to me, well, you know, my picture's not on my my website and I'm not using social media because instead of being one of the pretty people, they're kind of like me. They're one of the pretty ugly people or they think they are anyway. So so is there, I always say to people, my answer is always the same. I go, are you kidding me? Right. It doesn't matter. Like as long as you're you're real, you're informative, you're educational, you're fun, you're light. You know, I always say to people, if you're worried about you not being good enough, good enough looking for social media, so are all our customers and our demographic. Can you comment on that? Because I don't buy that. People go, oh my God, I, I have a face for radio, they say, or I don't want to be on it because I don't show well. 
I think that's a, that's that's completely inaccurate. You know, it's a very real fear. And if you look at my Instagram, I my face hasn't appeared on my Instagram until recently. I was never on my Instagram because I don't particularly like taking pictures. And my face is perfectly fine to be on social <laughs> media. Right. You know, but you know, if you see like now you can you can see like even there, there's like a lot of articles, there's a lot of text, and then there are like a few videos. So now I do a lot of video. And I think if you're less interested in, yeah, you can look, you're scrolling like my, this is not my face in any of these. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I really figured out how to use Instagram in a way that works for me, which is I'm very funny. So I like to create and I love memes. I like to say meme is like my second language. So I make memes and that's like what I do. And for a very long time, my entire feed was memes. And people loved it because they were very funny, you know, and they they spoke to the audience. But I didn't have to show my face, but people could still hear my voice. And that's what I'm saying, like making sure that you've really figured out who you're talking to. You speak their language. People don't even come to my Instagram for my pictures. You know, I'm not an influencer in that sense, the lifestyle. They come to read the caption because they're going to learn something. And I think that's key. When you create content, whether your face is in it or not, and if you're uncomfortable with just posing for photos, which a lot of people are, myself included, video is great because I'll do video all day. So you can do a video and then just pop that on your feed. And now you're moving, it's not static, you can edit it so that you feel like everything is right. But people really should come to your, they should stumble upon your content and they should learn something. And I think that's key. If I read your your content and I learn something, I don't care if your face was in it. I don't care how beautiful you are. I just like that you're real and I learned something. And I think if COVID taught us anything, it's that at the end of the day, unless we're all getting our hair done, our makeup done, our nails done, we've been able to go on vacation, get a tan, We've had adequate amounts of sleep. Everybody looks ridiculous. And so, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this beauty you see on social is access to a lot of great resources that people did not have for the last year. And so people showed up with gray hair because they haven't had time to color it. People showed up with beards and, you know, your husband cut your hair or your wife cut your hair and it looks a little crazy. But that wasn't the point because I think we were forced to push past those things and really look at the content. So people who had actual thoughts, actual advice and could connect, those are actually the people who, who really excelled during the pandemic. And the people who it really was all about how beautiful they were, a lot of them fell off because there was nothing beneath them. Yeah. Uh, a comment talking about an influencer. There's a comment from a uh, friend of mine on the screen, Helly Strandland. And Helly is, is, is the epitome of, I think, my, maybe the most influential person in the Canadian finance space. Mm. I mean, she's just beloved by all because she's the most genuine, generous, authentic, uh, uh, you know, authentic person ever. She says, help me, Gary. She goes, what's the next new platform? It's evolving so quickly. Mm. Uh, so, so let's talk about Clubhouse and maybe mm. TikTok's not new anymore. But is Clubhouse really worth the hype? And should we be there? And what else should we be looking for in terms of upcoming platforms? So I think Clubhouse is an interesting one because I I received Clubhouse has been like a thing since about last summer. That's when the yeah. first people got on. I got an invite maybe in October and did not use it until recently. I said, I don't, I don't want to do another thing. Could I have some breathing time, please? 
And people kept messaging me and they're like, you don't understand Like your audience is here. There's a lot of bad information getting pushed around. Like you need to come and like reclaim this space. So I joined and I was completely blown away by how quickly the success on Clubhouse expanded to other areas of my business. So the answer is yes, you absolutely positively must get on. If you're an Android user like myself, I bought an iPad specifically so that I could use Clubhouse. And I think it's great for people who like to talk. If you don't like to talk, Clubhouse is not for you. So heed the advice I gave in the beginning of using the medium that best fits your personality. But if you enjoy talking, especially if you don't think you're one of the beautiful people, Clubhouse is audio only. So you don't even have to put on your face. Nobody knows what you look like, but you can create a club which is just you know the hub of where all your rooms live. And the room is just the conversations you have. So I have a club called Influencer Office Hours. And then my rooms, I host rooms with other industry experts. And it's kind of like, you have access to these two people, ask us your questions. And I think for you guys, it's definitely something you can do because you can do like, maybe you have a partner that you work with that helps people clean up their credit scores. And you can do like a whole room on, You've got iffy credit scores. You're looking to buy a home in the next one to three years or three to five years, whatever range you want to use. What should you be doing? And then it's just a conversation between you know you and whoever else you have um, moderate where you're talking about this subject and people can raise their hand and ask questions. And the great thing about Clubhouse is there is no way, at least currently, to message people on Clubhouse. So if they want to talk to you, they have to follow you on a different social network. So I think I've been on Clubhouse for two months now. I think I have 1.5 thousand, I have 1,500 followers, which some of my friends have like 20,000. So I'm teeny tiny on Clubhouse in comparison to them and only using it maybe once or twice a week. But I've seen the explosive growth on my Instagram because that's where people come to learn more about me and ask me questions. People have seen explosive growth in their newsletters because Clubhouse, unlike every other channel, is live. So if something got said that was really amazing in the first five minutes and you joined minute six, you've missed it. That's Mm, it. There's no recap. So it really is like I have to be here. I have to stay here. People never know who's going to pop in, what's going to be said. And so if you have some sort of email list where you send out notes and recaps, if they miss it, people then sign up for that email list because they want to hear like what was said. So, you know, if there's like a special deal, you can say, we've got a special deal. We're going to send it out to everyone who is a member of our newsletter. You need to join that before this time or you'll miss it. Like you can force people to now take these, you know, out of app actions because there's nothing you can do within the app except follow speakers. Anything else, there are no links, there's nothing. So anything else, you have to drive people somewhere else. And unlike a platform like Instagram where people are used to staying in app, people are used to going to another platform to get additional information. Mm. So everyone should definitely use that to their full advantage. So I got a couple of, uh, ta- I got just a zillion questions I'd like to ask you. So, sure. so I always say to people, likes are for lazy people. <laughs> right. Like if you're on social media, like that the like how can you engage in somebody, but just and sometimes, you know, after you do a podcast like this, and there's a ton of hundreds or you know, it's it's easy to like it. That's okay. But but it's about engaging in the conversation. And I read in your book, it's about it's about, you know, how do I comment on people 
who are posting themselves. That's more valuable, I think, in many ways than actually posting because you start to build that relationship. If I start commenting on somebody else's feeds, it's amazing how instantly they start commenting on me on my feeds. And then we start having a dialogue and they feel more comfortable to reach out. So I'd like to ask you your thoughts on that, right? Like, don't like people, you have to engage. Um, you know, making uh, obviously a, a post is very important. Uh, but responding to the comments on your posts and vice versa, maybe just touch on how important that is to really build that sort of relationship. Sure. So I think, you know, you've got to post because some people need something to comment on. Right. So once they comment, you know, responding to people's comments is a big deal. And it always surprises me. Like when I respond to a comment, people freak out because I've responded. Like yeah. I'm some actual famous person, which I still I don't <laughs> understand at all. I'm always blown away by it. But I think, you know, people people want to be noticed if they have if they took the time out to ask a question, the least you can do is answer it. And depending on the volume, it does get unmanageable at a, at a certain point. But I think it's, it's in your best interest to try and, and keep up with it. And also, if people follow you, you know, just hopping over to their profile, seeing like and this is a little this industry is a little different because probably majority of the people who will engage with your content will have private profiles mm -hmm. just because they're individuals but just trying to see like how much information you can gather commenting asking them you know oh when are you thinking about moving just asking them like genuine questions to get mm -hmm. to know like who is this person who took time out to to speak to you but i think you know in terms of like looking at the likes no one should ever pay attention to the likes because likes don't really mean too much it's what else is happening there and so in the millennial generation and even younger it's usually people will usually do one action and one action only so that one action can be a like it can be a comment it can be a share it can be a save or it can be a click to your bio because you said you know go click this link and they're going to click this link mm. and so sometimes i'll have a post that will have very, very, very few likes to where it's almost like, sheesh, nobody liked this. <laughs> but from that same post generated like 10 sales because right. they were not liking, they went to go purchase. They're That's engaging. what the action was. They actually are doing oh. what I've asked them you know, to do, or maybe they don't like it, but they've sent it to five friends, which is yeah. more valuable to me than you're just liking something. So I would look at the metrics as a whole, what is being saved, what is being shared, are they clicking your link? And someone asked, you know, how do you get more engagement? And I think it's like, not how do you get more engagement because a like is considered engagement and likes are not really worth anything. Right. You want to know, you want information that people can't, you want to create information that people can't keep to themselves. Mm. They have to share because then they send it to a friend. They put it in their stories. They save it for later. So it needs to be something that will be either worth sharing with other people they know or revisiting at a later time that will tell you more about the quality of your content than how many likes it got. So let's talk about likes for a minute. So I read in your book, you call it someone's drinking too much hater gate. Right? <laughs> gate, it sounds, and it's funny because on social media right now, so you're seeing so much like, you know, like negative, like defensive, just, you know, hater gate is, is a really good example of it. Right. How do you respond to someone that maybe is calling you out publicly uh, you know, it's just for, for, cause they have nothing better to do. And truly they have nothing better to do just to be an online troll or to say negative comments or to take the opposite perspective. What's your, your advice around that, Brittany? 
So I think there are two there are two tactics here. The first tactic is to really try to create content that is positive. You know, I think a lot of people invite negativity by being slightly negative, Nancy, in their photos or their comments. Mm. So you've you've opened the door. If you open the door, the trolls will walk through. Yeah. You know, I've been very lucky that my audience for I would say 99.9% of my audience here to learn, very excited to be here, happy that I'll answer their questions, happy that I'm giving this information. So the comments place is usually a very empowering, helpful place. Every once in a while, we do get someone who I'm like, okay, I have to deal with you today. So there are two ways to handle that. The first is if you've really cultivated a community that thinks you are providing great content, most of the time your community will defend you and you won't have to do anything. And so I've noticed that a lot. I've seen that even happen on brand pages, you know, where someone will say, I'm not paying, you know, $200 for these shoes. Like, how could they be worth it? The brand does not even have to reply because hundreds of people will show up and say, well, if they're too expensive for you, don't buy them. These shoes are amazing. I love them. And now there's like the community has come to your defense. So one, that can always be something that happens for you. You know, if someone has, you know, a bad experience, well, there are plenty of people who have had good experiences who will say, well, that's not my experience with them. The second is, you know, figuring out, and again, this is part of your tone of voice, do you what we call clap back or not? And that's when you have a very like, you know, very interesting um, and internet saucy response. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you never delete. The deleting is the worst because, you know, people tend to delete negative comments, but then they just come back and they're like, oh, you deleted my comment. Like, yeah, we don't I, I agree. Face yeah. it head on. Yeah, you don't delete. You either if, watch and see if the community will come to your defense. If they don't, in your tone of voice, have a very good response, you know. And I've had people say things to me like, you know, how can you do X, Y, and Z when something else? And I just do a little bit of research and I'm like, this is a very big question coming from a person who blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it's, it's never too anything too terrible, too personal. It's always something based on, you know, like someone who didn't even put their email in their bio or something like that, which is a thing I say often. And it kind of just is a way to remind people that, like, I'm an expert in this. You may have opinions, but people did not come here to hear what you had to say. <laughs> and so, you know, just remembering that this is your platform. The people who are here are here for you. As long as it's public, anyone can join. And, you know, try not to read bad reviews. Someone asked about bad reviews. Oh. Try not to read them. Right. Every once in a while, I torture myself by reading my Amazon <laughs> reviews. Yeah. And every time I go, why did I do this? Yeah. I had a critique. Like, I didn't know this book was going to be something that I had to read what it is a book what else were you supposed to do with wow. it you know hey, Brett, so, i'm going to um yeah. only because i'm looking at our time here and if you're okay well, with it i'm going to go to a uh what i'm going to call a lightning round oh, just, great. Just, a, just a very short answer we'll get a whole bunch of questions because i just and of course we're going to talk about your training afterwards too so we understand sort of what you're doing and how we can all learn more sure. but but so um so what is the biggest mistake lightning round first question what is the biggest mistake you see uh individuals or brands currently making online so biggest mistake is not giving people a call to action. If they have found you, get them to do something, whether that's getting their email, you know, having them follow you, make them do something now that you have their attention. 
Awesome. And uh, if you said, because I've, I've read in your book, you sort of identify the, the big four social media platforms. Just your quick thoughts on as a newbie, if you got to start somewhere, where should you be and where should you start? If you have to start somewhere, I would say start on Facebook because Facebook will pick up any sort of content. It can be video. It can be text. And Facebook allows people to tag their friends. So you'll get a bigger bang for your book. Awesome. And what do we do once we make some posts in order to uh, give us our best shot at, at uh, increasing our optimization, our, our following? How do we, is there trips and, and, and strategies we can do to actually get more people engaged? Sure. So if you want to build your audience, I always recommend do things outside of that channel and drive people forward. So you see, I wasn't following a bunch of you on Instagram. I did something off Instagram. And yeah. what will be what happens next? You guys will go to my Instagram and you'll follow me. Right. So if you want to push your Instagram, do podcasts, send out emails, go on TV, use Pinterest, but use things that allow you to send people to that channel. Awesome. And how often should we post? How often is too often? I know we spoke about consistency. What does that look like for you? We're just trying to build a following in our community, people who are working with our, our mortgage offices. And, you know, we know that that, you know, telling isn't selling. It's about building a relationship. But when is too much? There's no such thing as too much, okay. which Good. is not, you know, maybe in the beginning where people didn't follow too many people. But there are influencers I know who post three times a day. And every time I open Instagram, they're at the top of my feed. And I chose to follow them, so I don't mind seeing them that much. But the more you can post, the better, even though it's extremely <laughs> exhausting. So the great debate, um, and I'm looking for you to maybe straighten us out here. I've said for years that, you know, to run two different, as a small operator, to, as a small business owner, to run two different platforms, a business, you know, page and a personal page, I've just said, make sure your patient, your personal page is very authentic, you know, take off any of the crazy pictures or political views or radical views on gun or, 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 or any of that stuff. But, you know, like people want to see that side. So I'll ask you the same question, business page, personal page, or what's the right answer? I think you go business page first. I mean, my personal page got taken over by my business. So like you, my personal life's not even on my page. I may make a second account, like a burner account, mm -hmm. <laughs> just to put those things on there. But it's a lot of time and effort. And so you want to make sure you're using it properly. So I would say business page first. If you have a very interesting life outside of your business or you really are doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, then feel free to put that on your personal and link it. But business page first. Awesome. And so um, so if I look at uh, someone like me who's who's got you know my personal page on Facebook, I'm capped out at 5,000. I can't take any more. I have to actually delete people to allow <laughs> more on. Um, and there's others like me out there, obviously. What do I do? So you actually, this used to be an unpopular opinion, but I think it's okay now. You can actually turn your personal profile into a page, which... You know, at this point, what's the difference? You know, if it's going to be the same content either way, I think just free yourself of that 5,000 person limitation and flip it to a page. It's always good to, to make Facebook groups. If you can make a group, that's where I spend 95% of my time. I am in a Facebook group for Peloton, for families who travel, for different beauty, you know, sectors. And it's just a community of people who all have a shared interest. And no matter what happens in that group, anything good will be attributed to you. So if I learn a great tip, it's attributed to the group owner because mm. because of you, I'm, in, I'm even in this group. So I would definitely, everyone should look into 
like when I said, create your ideal person, what are their hobbies? Can you make a Facebook group and invite people who embody all of those things so they can all talk to each other, but at the same time, everything they learn, they're thankful to you for bringing them together. Awesome. Uh, next lightning round question. Um, to someone who says to me, I'm too busy. I can't find the five or 10 or 15 minutes a day to kind of make my own post. Uh, is it of high value to hire an outside company? Do you, does that work? Does that not work? Does it work for maybe someone who truly is too busy and it's better than not doing it at all? I mean, the too busy, you're not too busy. It, right. it can literally take four minutes to make a social media post. You're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes a day and you don't <laughs> forget to do that. So, you know, I think making, figuring out the time, what we tell people to do is batch the content. If there's a day you have an hour, spend the hour, make a bunch of posts and then just release them. Uh, if you have the money to outsource, then outsource it. I mean, outsource anything that you, you can because it frees up your time, but you absolutely have to be on there and right. it's not something that you can just allow to happen. You've got right. to- So I'll make one comment. We have a, uh, I, I see the name on here, uh, Brittany Hardy. She's been in our business. Uh, she worked with us many years ago, runs a great business, does a bunch of uh, online posting. And I always say to people, so I, I say to everyone, I am five, 10 minutes a day, every single day commenting. E I mean, primarily, I guess my age, I'm using uh, Facebook for so much of it. Um, but I just say it's so easy, but if you can't, or you're running a team where you don't know where to start, you know, there is some, there is some uh, programs and some companies like the one Brittany runs, uh, you know, that can, that can certainly help you. So that's really good advice because people go, oh, it's too overwhelming to get started, right? You can go to an outside source that can do very good work for you. Absolutely. You know, you do the things that only you can do anything that someone else can do. If you don't have any time, let them, let somebody else do it. They'll be more efficient because that's what they do on a regular basis. So Brett, talk to me about, because uh, I think you're the epitome of this, everything I read about you. Talk to me about grit and tenacity and, <laughs> and, and, and you, you've, been, you've been quoted of, you know, as someone that just breaks through barriers and, and doesn't take no for an answer. Could you, because because you're, you're, not only are you an influencer and are you an author and you're a keynote speaker, uh, but you're also a badass entrepreneur and running your own business. So, so just, just the message to anyone out there, I like to always remind people that, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's hard. Talk to me about grit and determination and not giving up and, and breaking through the noise that sometimes holds us back. This is really funny because you might not actually like this answer. I am not a big fan of doing things that are hard. <laughs> <laughs> I am, if you look at what I do, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy teaching people. I enjoy connecting. That is what I do. And I don't do anything outside that window because that's somebody else's wheelhouse. That's easier for someone. Clubhouse was a dream for me because I can talk about influencer marketing literally in my sleep. And Clubhouse allows me to just do that. So I gravitate towards places where it's going to be easy. Writing blog posts, easy. Writing Instagram captions, easy. Taking pictures of myself, hard, which is why I'm not going to do that. Not yeah. going to do it. So I think so much of it is, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's going to be plenty of things you don't enjoy doing. But when it comes to promoting your brand, like don't force yourself to do things that aren't natural. No matter what you love doing, there is a medium that will support that. So just put your time and effort there because that's where you'll see the biggest return. And that's what motivate you to keep going. If you push yourself to take pictures and you don't like it, your pictures are going to be bad because you're not comfortable. It's not going to attract the audience you want and it's not going to work. So even if you only spent 15 minutes doing it, you could have spent that 15 minutes doing something else. 
So social media should be fun. You should feel better, not worse after doing it and just do what's easy, do what's enjoyable because that's the only way to be consistent. Grit and tenacity and all of that is for like invoicing and billing and <laughs> clients, but yeah. those things are not part of your social media lexicon. Social media yeah. should be fun and exciting and you should be excited to connect with your audience and teach them every day because that's the only way to keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, the one message that I, I just keep hearing from you is consistency, 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 and authenticity, right? Knowing your market. So, so Brittany, tell us about your podcast, uh, Influencers uh, Essentials by Brittany Hennessy. Tell us oh. uh, where you can find it and, and yeah. what we're going to learn from it. And then also tell us about your training. Because anyone sure. who's on this uh, podcast that says, listen, this is a really good, you know, uh, sort of hour. How can I get more? Absolutely. So the Influencer Essentials podcast, I'm about to be, I think I just filmed episode five or six, like episode six just went live. It's available anywhere you get your podcast. So Apple, Anchor, Google, Spotify. And every episode I have an influencer come on and we talk about how to uh, build your business, uh, build your brand, run your business and find your balance. So there'll always be different topics. A really great one for you guys to start with is maybe episode two, which is the art of self-promotion. And it's just like how to constantly promote yourself without feeling bad about it. And our guest on that, A.V. Perkins, did a fantastic job. She's the best self-promoter I know. And it got her like an HGTV, you know, digital show with no followers, which is unheard of in the influencer world. But if you're good at that, um, it's definitely something you should do. So it comes out every Sunday. Um, and definitely feel free to check that out anywhere you get your listening fix. And you saw a pop up on there, carbonaugust.com. Yeah. That's the influencer education company I run with my husband. And we do strategy, community development. You can book a coaching session. We'll help you figure out, you know, business innovation. We do a lot of like, where is all of these, where are all of these industries going? Um, and there are all sorts of services and different things you can purchase when you when you pop up on there. But really it's just helping people figure out who they are, what they're doing and how to make the most of influencer marketing. And also if you wanna hire influencers, which is also like a fantastic way to grow, that's my area of expertise. So I can definitely help you guys do that as well. Awesome, we're so excited uh, to have you here today, Britt. It's been so, so powerful. I wanna quickly just uh, thank our uh, our sponsor of the program, uh, First National. Again, First National, you guys are always kick-ass. We love you. You've been there since day one. You're hugely supportive of the Canadian mortgage space. Uh, all the guys, uh, uh, Stephen, Jason, Scotty, uh, you know, Elena, all of you that uh, work so well with uh, with us in the industry. Thank you so much. Uh, so, Britt, just a couple of last things. So, how do you describe greatness? If I said to you, Britt, where, where do you like, like? What does greatness mean to you? What, what, when do you know that you've you've hit? You know, you've hit it, or you've you've found something that is that brings you immense peace. Oh, I think that's fun. I think you know. I think at the end of the day, it's what the thing you're doing, does it fill you up or does it deplete you? And I think that's what I learned from being in like the corporate world, which was very similar to the work I'm doing now, except, you know, you really felt at the end of the day, like you were spent, you don't want to do this again tomorrow. And I think the difference now, you know, I do a lot of influencer development. I'm helping people grow their businesses. I'm watching influencers like completely change their lives plenty of influencers I knew when they were just starting and now they're mega influencers. And I just, I enjoy that. It makes me really happy to know that like my one little window of experience can greatly change someone's life. And that's just so rewarding. So I think, you know, 
I know you guys feel the same way when you like help a family who's been trying to get a home and it's been slipping through their fingers and then like they get their home and they're crying and everybody's so excited, yeah. you know, like that's, that's the thing that, that keeps you going. So just, that's what I think greatness is when you, when you finish like a long, hard day of work, but you're like, that was pretty good. I could do that again tomorrow. You know, even if you're tired, it's, do you want to keep going mm. or do you wish you could escape from everything you have to do on a day to day? And and sometimes those things change, but that's how I define it. Yeah. Uh, just a really quick question around uh, video, video blogs uh, and how powerful video is now. Cause I, that was one of my questions that I missed. Thanks for uh, one of the commenters for reminding me. Yeah, video, I mean, video is key. It's it's everywhere. I started doing this thing called Sunday Secrets where I pick a topic and I give the secrets behind it, which is pretty much what I've learned and maybe haven't told anybody. And I will do it on Instagram Live, video in my Facebook group, and I will do it on Clubhouse all at the same time because the video is key. And I think especially if you're not someone who posts a lot of your pictures, you definitely want to have video so people can hear your voice they can see your mannerisms, see if you're mm. funny or not. Because now when any of you go and read my Instagram captions, you will read them in my voice. And so without having seen me, you wouldn't have been able to do that. And you wouldn't get like my tone of voice, my branding, any of that. Mm. I think video is key to let people know who you are and, and what you're about. And how long, uh, just a broad, broad uh, range, how long should the video be? One minute, two minutes? You can go, if you want to talk for 30 minutes, do it. If you want to jump on and do five minutes with such and such, if you've got 60 second tips, people will take whatever they can get, you know? And I think it's whatever you're comfortable with, because again, you don't want to do something and it was so painful that you don't want to do it again. Start small. It's like exercise. Start small and then build up. You don't run 26 <laughs> miles on your first run or you'll never run again. Just take a walk around the block. Okay. Britt, I feel like I'm getting drunk on all your advice and I can just keep <laughs> drinking. Let me tell you, it's absolutely amazing. I, I just, my, my synapses are going off because I have so many more questions, but I, I want to uh, wrap just so we can be very sensitive to your time. We really, really appreciate you being here. Uh, it's been awesome. I'm, we're going to stay on afterwards and we're going to talk a little bit more because there's, there's more I want to do with you just from, from a, a company standpoint. Uh, so that's really cool. Guys, check her out. Brittany uh, Hennessy. I know David had the, uh, the hash marks up um, before I, I wrap. Uh, I just wanted to remind everyone on the call that Thursday, April 15th, I have uh, Daryl Fox as my guest. Of course, Daryl Fox was the brother of uh, Terry Fox. Uh, this year marks the 41st anniversary of the Terry Fox run across Canada. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a very heartfelt, very impactful uh, story about the journey and what uh, what Terry Fox did for this country and uh, all the money they've raised over the years. Uh, it's just a remarkable story. I can't wait to have him uh, on. Um, and then also, guys, on uh, April 20th, I'm starting my very first uh, my very first episode of the CEO to CEO series. I'm uh, going to do a series of uh, interviews with other CEOs, uh, just head to head. And we're going to talk about challenges and industry and markets. So look for that. My first guest is going to be Yusuri Basada from the uh, the Home Capital uh, Group. And then, guys, here's breaking news for you. Uh, just like last year for the entire industry, not only DLC, MCC, MA, all of our competitors, bankers, realtors, whoever. I'm bringing Todd Duncan back. We're doing a half day program, another four hour session with Todd Duncan, all about building your business. You're all invited, guys. We're just happy that you show up, participate. Really appreciate your feedback and all your messaging. We're going to send every single one of you out a uh, one of Brittany's books here. Uh, as I said, I just did the audio book uh, and I loved it. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, so with that, I'll say thank you to all of you who have uh, tuned in again. You're so unbelievably supportive. And, and Britt, 
if I could hug you, it would be a big because <laughs> I think you're amazing. Thank you very much for being our guest today. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And I'm on Instagram. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to hop on over and send me a DM. Awesome. Thank you.